Hey, welcome to Grace Church. My name is Dan. I'm one of the pastors here. So happy that you could join us today. Uh, I'm excited to continue this series called Inside Out. We're talking about how to develop a character that reflects the character of Jesus. And before I get started, I want to encourage you to share this message, whether you're on Facebook or something else. I want you to share this message. I believe that God wants to encourage maybe one of your friends or family members. So please share this message. Hey, you know, since, since COVID kind of came on the scene, uh, I really haven't done much traveling. I actually really enjoy traveling quite a bit. Um, you know, there was, there was a few years ago, uh, probably, probably actually about 10 years ago now, before we had kids, that my wife and I, we were traveling from somewhere. We were, we were on a plane, and I, I don't exactly recall where we were coming from, but I do know that we were coming home. And I was on this flight that I will never forget. You know, when you take a, a short flight, from let's say like San Diego to Vegas, it's just kind of a 45 minute up and down and super quick. Well, it was one of those flights. And I remember as soon as we took off, it was rough. I mean, the flight was just bouncing all over the place and it was really scary. I mean, it was, it was, it, the turbulence was just absolutely out of control. I've never experienced a flight like that. And, and there was a big part of me on that flight that I was thinking to myself, you know what? I, I think, I think I'm gonna die. Like, I think this plane is going to go down. See, and I, I really should have realized that there was nothing to be concerned about because the, the flight attendants were still serving grape juice and, and the, the captain hadn't said anything, but I was so convinced that we were going to crash. And so was my wife. We actually had the conversation. We're like, you know what? When we land, we're going to rent a car and we're going to drive the rest of the way home. Now, we didn't actually make that decision. We got on our connecting flight. The next flight was, was perfectly fine. But in that moment, I felt like I was going to die. The situation was telling me that I was going to die. And I thought, this plane is going down with all of us inside. You see, in this series, Inside Out, we're talking about how to develop a character just like Jesus. And, and last week, Pastor Scott talked about our hearts and the importance of developing a heart like Jesus. Well, today we're going to be talking about our thoughts and how we can learn to control those thoughts. You see, to us, our thoughts are very, very real. To each and every one of us, they're important. But here's what I want you to understand about your thoughts. Not all of your thoughts are wise. <laughs> not all of your thoughts are correct. And dare I say that not all of your thoughts are even smart. But here's the most important thing that I want you to understand about our thoughts. Every single thought that we have, not, not every single thought that we have, needs our attention. I'm going to say that again. Not every thought that we have actually deserves or requires our attention. You see, the National Science Foundation says that on an average day, an average human will have anywhere from 12 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And 95% of those thoughts are repetitive. And 80% of those thoughts that you have are negative. So let's think about this for a second. If we've got 60,000 thoughts, 80% of those thoughts are negative. That would mean that we have roughly 48,000 negative thoughts every day. And if 95% of those thoughts are repetitive, that means that 43,000 times we could have a repeating negative thought in our heads. And right now, some of you may be thinking, you know what? That doesn't sound right. I don't think that negatively all the time. Well, that's a negative thought. And now you might be thinking, well, that, that wasn't very nice, Dan. You called me out about my negative thinking. See, now you're repeating those negative thoughts. This is how it tends to work for us. 
You see, we know that our minds are overloaded. But according to science and according to research, we're focused on the wrong things. Our head is, is in another place. It's in a bad place. It's, it's in the gutter. We're focusing on the, the wrong, the bad, the sad. That's what we see happening. You see, even right now, in this very moment, if you're watching live with us, today is Sunday. But some of you, your head is in pre-Monday, where it's Sunday, but you're focused so much on what you have to take care of tomorrow that you can't focus on the positive and enjoying the things that you're doing today. You see, some of you might be thinking about something you forgot to, to pick up at the store or a disagreement that maybe you had with a loved one. See, even further than that, some of you right now are struggling with thoughts of fear, thoughts of worry and, and of hopelessness, anger and unforgiveness. Some of you just feel so bad about yourselves and you're so insecure that even when someone tells you that you're a great person, you have a hard time believing them. Some of us are, are dealing and thinking about past decisions that we've made, shame or regret that we haven't slept in two weeks. You see, negative thinking will take us down a very, very dark path that we never expected. We've all heard that, that stress can cause uh, things like, like heart disease and headaches and, and physical ailments. Well, maybe you've just got a little bit of stress that you're carrying at work, but if you don't get that in check, you can start to deal with some of those major issues. What about anger? Maybe something happened and, and you're angry about it and you're just thinking about that situation over and over again. Well, it may not be a big deal to you, but if you don't get that thought of anger in check, then it's just going to grow. You're going to end up pushing people out of your life and you're going to find yourself in a place where you might just snap at any moment. Some of you are carrying so much shame around You've been thinking about it over and over and over, that thing that you did or that thing that somebody said, that you've started to develop self-hatred. There's so many things that we can, we can avoid by avoiding this negative thinking. You see, most of us are fighting a battle inside of our heads and nobody will never know it, right? Because it's inside. They don't see what's happening. And most of us, if we could choose then we wouldn't want to have our head in the gutter. We wouldn't want to be thinking these negative thoughts. We'd want to have our, our, our thoughts on something positive. But it's so difficult for a lot of us because we're faced with challenges on a regular basis. You see, it's so important for us to control our thoughts because it impacts our character in a way that we never imagined. You see, our thoughts determine our actions and our actions repeated over time become our habits and our habits repeated over and over again become our character. That's why it's so important for us to get our thoughts under control. You see, Paul, he writes a lot about uh, our thoughts and controlling uh, the things that are in our heads. And today we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4. And some of you may know this, but let me just kind of bring you up to speed on the book of Philippians and, and why Paul is writing this letter. You see, he was a part of starting the church in Philippi. And a few years later, he finds himself in prison in Rome. The Philippian church, they, they hear that he's in prison. And so they send him a gift basket, essentially some food and some provisions. And Paul takes the opportunity to write them this thank you letter. But he not only addresses uh, his thanksgiving for what they've given him, but he also writes them to comfort them concerning his situation of being in prison. 
He writes him to let him know that in his absence, he might be sending uh, Timothy. And he also addresses some conflict that the church was dealing with at the time. They were really struggling to figure out if they should wear masks or not. It's a joke by the way. That's not what was going on. He was actually writing them, uh, dealing with some conflict about a current election that had just taken place. Again, it's another joke. But in chapter four, in chapter four of, of this letter, he writes and he's saying, he's telling them and he, he's encouraging them and urging the Philippian church that in all their situations to stay steadfast in their faith. Like I said, we're in Philippians four. We're going to be reading verses four through eight. Today And this is what Paul says when he's encouraging them that in all situations to stay steadfast in their faith. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Jesus Christ. And here's what he says in verse eight. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. You know what Paul is saying to the church here? He's saying in every situation, you know where your head should be at? Your head should intentionally be on the right things. Your head should be focused on the things that are noble, just, pure, lovely, admirable, and excellent. Uh, one commentator, he writes this. He says, these, Paul would say, are the fruit and the food uh, of the mind that is guarded by the peace of God. When we put these good things into our minds, they stay in our minds and they come forth from us. You see, what we think about really does come out. It really is displayed in who we are. You see, on a, on a pretty regular basis, when we give you a list of words, we'll, we'll tend to, if we're in the New Testament, we'll tend to give you the Greek translation so you have a full understanding of, of what the writer intended. Well, when it comes to this list, noble, just, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, these words, they translate over very directly. There's no mystery here to what Paul is telling us to do and the words that he's wanting us to know and understand. And at the end of verse eight there, Paul says, think about such things. This list of words, think about such things. Why? Because what we choose to meditate on matters. Let me say that one more time. What we choose to meditate on matters. You see, our mind, it's just as much a part of our walk with Jesus as our hearts are. Paul writes in another letter uh, to the Roman church, he says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For those of us who, who follow Jesus and have been following Jesus for a while, we can say, you know what? I don't want to be conformed to the patterns of this world. I, I want to be transformed. How, how do I go about doing that? Paul says here, by the renewing of your mind. You see, the struggle that so many of us face is that we live a life based on our feelings. You see, feelings are very real, but they are the worst indicator of the reality that we are living in. And feelings, they, they lie to us. On a regular basis, our feelings lie to us, but we are so convinced that they are, are telling the truth. When I was on that airplane, I believed to my core that we were gonna crash. Those feelings were lying to me. We were, we were hitting turbulence, that was all. 
But my, my, my feelings were, were telling my, my head and my head was telling my entire body, like, man, we're going to crash. This is not a good situation. My feelings were lying to me. And so many of us are controlled by our, on our daily lives by our feelings. Like, how, how am I feeling today, we might ask. How do I feel about my job? Maybe I won't go today because I don't, I don't really like it. How, how do I feel about wearing a mask? How do I feel about the situation that's going on, being in the purple tier again? How do I feel about, about Dan's message right now? So many of us are controlled by our feelings. Now, I want to be really clear here. I'm not saying this, this isn't some sort of, of, of head over heart, knowledge is power, mind over matter type message. That's not the point here. I'm not saying that our feelings and, and, and our heart and the, the, the way that we experience God in ways that we don't understand, I'm not saying that those things don't matter. I know that we serve a God who can do and does miraculous things and amazing things far outside of our realm of understanding. But it's important for us to understand that just like we can't be led by our, our, our brains and just be emotionless robots, we cannot allow our emotions to control us. You see, it's a balance. It's a balance. We work on a regular basis to keep control of our emotions. When someone frustrates us, when somebody cuts us off, we, we raise our kids to understand the importance of emotions and how to respond to them. But just like we work to control those things, we need to work to control our thoughts. You see, a life based on feelings ignores the renewing of the mind. And in Philippians, when Paul says, think about such things, you know what he's doing? Paul is giving us and describing for us a very practical way that we can take every thought that we have captive under Jesus Christ. And that's this, it's to be intentional about what you're thinking about being intentional about your thoughts. So let's get practical here. If our thoughts determine our actions and our actions repeated over time uh, become our habits and our habits done regularly help shape our character. And if Paul is telling us to be intentional about thinking about the right things, how do we actually go about taking thoughts captive? How do we actually go about controlling our thoughts? Well, if you have a, if you have a, a positive experience uh, that causes positive thoughts or you just have some internal positive thoughts that, that come up in your mind, do as Paul says and think about such things. If it's a God-honoring thought and a propelling thought, think about such things. But if you're dealing with a negative thought, maybe you have a, a rough situation that happens outside of your control or maybe you're dealing with some internal stuff and you're just struggling with some negative thoughts and you wanna change those. How do you actually take those thoughts captive? You see, I love seeing science catch up to scripture. I, I can't imagine that when, when the Holy Spirit inspired Paul thousands of years ago to write these words, who, who would have ever thought that, that these, these principles would be supported by science? I, I love it. You see, Dr. Jeffrey uh, Schwartz, he specializes in neuroscience and neuroplasticity research. Uh, he's got a book, he's got a few books actually, but he's got one book that I'm gonna reference today called Brain Lock. And he talks about the four steps to changing and to working through negative thought patterns. So if you want more of an understanding on this, I would encourage you to pick up his book. But he talks about this four-step process to shifting negative thinking. When a negative thought comes into your head, the first step that you want to do is you want to relabel it. You want to reframe that thought. You want to refocus that thought. And if you do those three things enough, your brain will start to become renewed and you'll revalue that thought. 
So let me give you a scenario here, and not everybody would be bothered by this scenario, but just go with me here as an example. So let's say it's a Friday afternoon and you get an email from your boss. There's been maybe some tension between you and your boss, and he sends you an email and he says that he wants to meet with you about something important on Monday morning. Now, for some of you, it wouldn't bother you, but for others of us, man, that's something we're going to carry throughout the weekend and we're going to try and work through, well, man, there's been a lot of tension between him and I, and, and I, bet, I bet he's going to take me off that project. I wonder if I'm going to get a demotion. Revenue hasn't been great, and we start to maybe run with some of these negative thoughts, and it takes a hold of our weekend. So I want to walk through that scenario. So the first step would be uh, relabeling. See, when you relabel a thought, you take kind of all of the things that are happening. Okay, you know what? I'm arguing with my boss. I know that he wants to meet with me. I know that it's not good. You kind of take all these different things that are going on, and you give it one label. You say, you know what? I'm worried. I'm worried about this meeting because there's been tension with my boss and I, and he wants to meet with me. I'm worried. You give it one single label. You would move there from that step into the second step, which is reframing that thought. Now, this is where you have to get intentional about separating the facts from the feelings. Okay, the facts are, are that your boss wants to meet with you and that there's been tension. The feelings are, I'm worried. I, I'm thinking that this is going to be bad. This is not going to be good. But you don't know those things for a fact. You don't know that you're getting a, a demotion. You don't know that you're being taken off the project. So you have to intentionally separate. You can't, you can't let emotional reasoning take over here. You can't jump to conclusions and say, okay, because it feels like it's going to be a bad meeting on Monday, it's going to be a bad meeting on Monday. We have to avoid doing that as much as possible and separate out fact from feeling. And then we move into the third step, which is called refocusing. Now, this is really our opportunity to grow. When Paul talks about think about such things, this is what he is talking about. When we go into refocus mode, what we do is we actually get intentional about choosing to think about positive, a positive outcome and shifting those negative thoughts to positive thoughts. So we say, okay, you know what? I know for a fact that there's been tension between my boss and I, and I know for a fact there's a meeting on Monday. That's all that I actually know. And I'm worried that there's going to be tension, an argument, a demotion. My boss is going to take me off the project. But let me get intentional and let me refocus. Let me use this as an opportunity to learn from my boss. Maybe, maybe I am going to get written up. Maybe I am going to get a slap on the wrist or a demotion. This is my opportunity to grow as an employee. This is my opportunity to maybe mend this difficult relationship that I've been dealing with, with my boss. This is my opportunity to show Jesus to them. And, and if the worst happens and I lose my job, this is an opportunity for, for me to rely on the Lord and to, to let him lead me in a different direction. You see, after we do this enough, what happens is our brain starts to revalue. That's kind of step number four. Our brain revalues the thought. And so if this is a common occurrence where you get this email from your boss about a, a meeting that you think is going to be tense, if you practice this enough, what ends up happening is your brain relabels that thought. So the next time you get an email, you don't have to stop and intentionally walk through these steps. Your brain is going to do it for you. And to me, that's absolutely incredible. This really is the renewing of the mind. Now, I know that this is, this is much easier said than done, but I want to encourage you to try this. 
The next time you experience something that causes negative thoughts, the next time you're struggling with some internal mental battle of some negativity that you've been dealing with, I want you to be intentional about walking through this. See, and some of you may be thinking right now, like, hey, that's, this is great, Dan. Like, I didn't come to a therapy session. Like, let's get back to the scriptures. Science is cool, but the Bible's cooler. Hey, let me just encourage you. Let me encourage you real quick that what this is showing us is this is showing us that God has given us the tools to take our thoughts captive, to take our thoughts captive. This isn't science over scripture. This is science supporting these biblical principles. And it's to me, again, so very exciting. You know, we want to be intentional about shaping our thoughts. We want to, to have positive thoughts and allow the Lord to use those thoughts to shape our character. And I want you to understand that being intentional about your hope-filled thinking, it's not a replacement to, to, to the power of Jesus Christ in your life. This is a response to God's power in your life. You see, Jesus himself says this in Matthew. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. So my question for you today is this, are you loving the Lord with all your mind? Is what you are thinking about, is it conforming you to the image of this world or, or are you allowing those thoughts to shape your character in a way that it would reflect Jesus Christ? You see, negative, ungodly thinking, it can lead us to such a very, very dark place. And some of you may be struggling with that even now. And I want to encourage you, if you've done some of this work and you've tried to, to get control of your thoughts, but you still uh, struggle with negative thinking, depression, something more serious, I want to encourage you, get help. There is no shame and there is nothing to be uh, embarrassed about by doing the right thing to get you and your own mental health uh, in the right place. But we know that negative thinking can lead us in a, down a dark path that we don't want to be on. But setting our minds on things above by allowing our minds to be renewed, by thinking about what is noble and just, pure and lovely, admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. You see, this is where fear is replaced by faith. This is where worry is replaced by peace. And this is where hopelessness is replaced by a hope for the future that God has for you. See, when we choose to get intentional about what we are thinking about, this is where God can really utilize our thoughts to shape a Christ-like character. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Lord, thank you so much for, for your word. God, I thank you that, that so many of us, uh, we, we deal with this stuff, God. But I thank you that your word is an encouragement to us that we can take our thoughts captive, that you have given us the tools to take our thoughts captive. Lord, there are some that are watching right now that have not chosen to, to give their lives to you just yet. And I pray that right now would be that moment. If that's you, I want to encourage you just to say this prayer in the quietness of your own heart. Just say, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I believe that your son Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I, I ask that you would be the Lord of my life from this day moving forward. And God, we want to celebrate with those who, who just said that prayer. And for those of us who have been walking with you for a while, I, I just pray that we would utilize these words, we'd utilize the tools that you've given us to shift our thinking, God. We love you so much. We thank you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen.